death. You spend all of your time avoiding it, and so you forget you were afraid of it. But let's not talk about that right now. Aloha, ladies and germs. Jeremy Vaney here, and uh, you're listening to the bonus episode of this season's Our Undoing Radio. That's right. I felt guilty giving you uh, only 10 after such a long hiatus. This one goes to 11. Um, bit of business up front here. Perhaps by the time you're listening to this, probably, I'm assuming, unless you're a lifetime member and then you've heard pretty much all of these at the same time. Uh, I have a new book out called Aliens, The First and Final Disclosure. And uh, it is a straightforward book, the way urgency is a straightforward book. In other words, none of my artsy-fartsy shenanigans. <laughs> so if, if you're not a fan of artsy-fartsy shenanigans, this is the one for you. Um, chock full of comedy. Oh, yes. The first half is basically a sort of comedy roast of ufology. And then it swerves into, okay, that's not enough to do. Uh, what do we replace it with? And so we get into the deeper stuff that actually concerns us here at our Undoing It Radio and in my own personal life. Um, so, but it's all a cohesive whole. It doesn't, I don't think it reads like, here's this half and now here's this half. Hopefully it glides seamlessly into the ending. Um, and uh, the basic gist of it is in 2017, the New York Times article that rekindled uh, ufology, turning UA UFO into UAP, <laughs> uh, that brought the masses back into being interested in UFOs, um, or UAP. And so, uh, what do I, a, a grizzled veteran, an experiencer of this stuff, how do I, what do I do with these people? How do I, how do I react? Uh... It's kind of that. So I decide, like, since all these people are going to come in and be alien nuts and bolts types, types, types people, as opposed to, and disclosure advocates, as opposed to understanding trickster theory, et cetera, et cetera, um, then maybe I need to forget everything I know about high strangeness or think I know and go back to my roots as a nuts and bolts materialist. These are aliens from outer space. I'm going to call them aliens. I'm going to call myself an alien abductee. And we'll see how far I get. Um, that's the basic gist of it. And hopefully you'll learn some stuff along the way. Uh, even even ye old grizzled veterans of ufology like me. <laughs> so aliens, the first and final disclosure. Uh, please grab yourself the book on Kindle or the book in softcover. However you like. I also want to thank those of you who have been uh, reviewing our Undoing Radio on uh, Apple Podcasts and elsewhere. I see people giving it stars, and I am much appreciated. Please keep, uh, keep, keep the reviews coming so more people can discover this, so that it can branch out into whatever the logarithm is, is of these podcast hosts and uh, get out there. Um, it's time. It's time to bust out of my little corner of the world. And just in time to talk about uh, death. <laughs> Bust out of my shell and then uh, die. That, that, is that the theme here? I hope not. Here's a little something I wrote and never did anything with. 
Are you death alive or the living dead? We cultivate the nourishing aspects of death alive people, like rats hoarding scraps of food, rather than letting go and becoming them. Kind of true, isn't it? I mean, even you listening to me are taking what you think works for your life and abandoning the rest, right? Even though I say, uh, that's not going to help you. <laughs> even if you hear over and over not to do that, that's what you do because you want to hear you first and then what's actually being said. And so it is with any death alive person, which I'm trying to think if I am that or not. I mean, I've certainly been that, but now I'm more of a, more of a gate <laughs> to uh, death energy that I've been saying is Kundalini. But in that sense, what does it mean to be death alive? I mean, that sounds like a paradox or something nonsensical. And what does that mean, really? It means to be death alive is to be alive as the self-awareness of the energy that exists prior to and inclusive of you, the nothingness, which is consciousness, creating and being you, as opposed to being yourself, being your, your brain body self, which sounds like invasion of the body snatchers or something, but it isn't really. It's just that the brain body self gets recontextualized back into or reintegrated uh, healthily back in balance with the rest of the body. I mean, you're, you, as a flavor, are still there. It's simply that the experience of being you has changed to wholeness, to understanding from someone who is groping around in the dark or suffering. That sounds better, right? Should have led with that. But then you just try to go do that. And you'd never get there. Now, one way I've been talking about death, uh, at least in my last book and in this book, um, is as a uh, sort of a realm, as the underbelly of the universe. And just, I guess, just think of it this way. Fundamentalism, here's something I, I wrote, and I think I did nothing with, but I, I may have done something with this first paragraph and forgotten, And but forgive me. Fundamentalism isn't fundamental. It's literal. So in other words, when we talk about fundamentalism, like religious fundamentalism, I mean, that sounds nice, right? It sounds like we're getting back to the fundamentals. But no, really what we're getting back to is the literal surface of stories in a book. Um, so fundamentalism isn't fundamental. It's literal. The fundamentals of the Bible aren't the words on the page. They're the stories it borrows from to form parables. Those stories are archetypal. This means they appear not just in literature, but are alive and expressed through actual people. And not just mythical figures, historical ones. Not just historical ones either, but also, also you and me. And then I go on. Food and breathing, what are they? Aren't they the outer feeding the inner, which energizes and directs the outer? And this is how the whole grows. Same with archetypes. Death is the interiority of the universe. Formless awarenesses inform and direct forms who in turn feed them, grow them, define them. All of this movement is what we call evolution. 
And then I have a note here. Elaborate. <laughs> Far-reaching conspiracy theories like QAnon are insulting and annoying because they simulate the feeling of an internal journey. You're alone. You're on the internet. You're learning something. And you find your people on the same journey. All of this triggers chemicals in the brain that make you feel good. But none of this grows you. It decays you. So... I mean, if I haven't used this in anything, this would be a good jumping off point for a discussion um, I don't really want to have here <laughs> at the moment, except just to give you an, an example of um, the ways in which we elaborate on death and, you know, meanings of death and possibilities. Um, and even, you know, and here it is, this is examples of me doing this. And... I can do this because it comes fairly easy to me. It comes easy to me because um, I've had various death of selves while the body remains alive experiences, or death of self while the body remains alive experiences. So in some sense, I know of what I speak. But when you come back, or at least me, when I come back, and I'm me again, Oh, it's taken years. It's taken, I don't know, has it taken a decade? Maybe not quite a decade, but almost, getting there. Um, to feel that fear of death again. And it has come over me again. I mean, just in the last few months, to the point where every night uh, I was, right before I would fall asleep, I would just get this sense of, of dread, of like, you don't really know what's going to happen when you physically die. You only know about this death of self thing while the body is alive you don't really know you could die and there's nothing that fear of annihilation comes back and then i feel myself stop breathing or something i feel myself sort of choking and i feel like i'm dying or i just get the overwhelming sense that oh my god i, I could die right now um almost like a nightmare except i'm awake and it's like every night except um maybe the past couple of weeks it's uh, stopped, but twice now, in the last week, it's come back. So now it's sort of off and on, which is better. <laughs> but I really have been wanting to deal with this in such a way that, like, why is it coming back to me? And it's weird, because when I ask myself, gee, why is this coming back to me? The answer is apparent, because I'm me. And just as the old issues that you slowed off, if you haven't completely dealt with them they 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 still haunt you they still want to attach to you and be you and i think this is one of those things that's just almost mechanical you know maybe it is mechanical <laughs> as we've been talking about ai in this season um uh, mechanical in the sense that like when you're back to being a self you're back to all the accoutrement of the self which unfortunately is all the crap, <laughs> the fear. And so I have to figure out, just as you do, what this means, how to go about uh, not being this anymore. And of course, there is no how, right? Just like for you, but for me, it may mean something different because I've already, I can't, I can't repeat how I've already had death of self. And in fact, the last death of self into the I am experience wasn't me doing it. It was sort of a, 
<laughs> committee. <laughs> it, was, it was invisible people in the room, uh, or at least the sense of that opening me up and saying, here you go, you're ready. Um, which I get into in this book and the last one, which was, I am to tell you this and I'm to tell you it is fiction. I talk about it in there as well. Um, and I, I hesitate to talk about that stuff on this show because it can get into world building and all of that. And, um, I don't really know enough from direct experience to know how correct anything I think about that is. So I'm just going to put that out there, which is why I called it, I'm to tell you this and I'm to tell you it is fiction. Uh, <laughs> just to cover my bases. Um, but the very real thing now for me is this, this fear of death. And of course we are living in these times, right? Where nuclear war is possible again, where COVID is uh, mutating because nobody not enough people anyway, care enough to do anything about it. Um, and climate change and on and on. So there's that. But that hasn't bothered me to this extent before where I'm like, you know, not even asleep and I'm sort of gasping for air and, and almost, you know, edging myself toward not breathing. Um, so there's something that I'm, you know, I, you know, this is my way of saying I'm in this too. You know, I'm not just a, a quote unquote enlightened person, you know, who's dictating things to you. I'm just someone who's gone through some stuff who has his own stuff to go through. That is the same fractally as what you're going through now, but I've already gone what you've gone through now. So it's not exactly the same, even though it's the same language, it's the same issue, but it's not... I can't be silence uh, in the same way that I had done before. Because I already have that, right? Like I go silent for a second and then Kundalini takes over and yada yada. So that's my, uh, that's my burden to bear. Um, but in bearing that burden, I have been uh, pondering on my own, just thinking about death and fear of death and what is death. I've also um, asked myself this, you know, obviously before I go to sleep, because sometimes I'm gagging <laughs> before I even fall asleep. And so I got to ask, you know, obviously in the heat of the moment, like, what is this? And so um, an answer came to me in a dream. And I've also asked the Kundalini energy uh, as I was out there, you know, prior to and as sort of keeping it in my mind, the question as, as I'm allowing this energy to do its work, what is death? And so I wanted to just talk about the differences between those three things, asking yourself, asking your dream mind, your unconscious mind, and asking Kundalini energy. Um, and it's, it's interesting. I, I'm sure you've noticed this when you ask yourself something, when you ponder and try to work, work it out intellectually, that's almost impossible with something like this because you are, you're the least dead person in the room at that moment, because you are separate from your thoughts and you're searching your memory bank as this false entity who, who is secretly thought you are thought 
per se, um, but you believe you're a thinker separate from thought. And in that moment, you've divorced yourself from your own thoughts to say, I am alive and I am thinking and I am pondering death. And you're searching the memory banks going, what do I know about this? Whether you're doing that literally or not, that is all you can do is search the memory banks. Um, otherwise, you're trying to quiet your mind to meditate and and not be in the way. But if you're just pondering, that's you in the way, right? So you're pondering this and you're searching and you're and maybe you come upon some aha stuff that lead to synchronicities that lead to something else. But isn't it interesting that when you do that, what you're actually doing is leading yourself out of your own head, right? Like you're pondering and then however you want to put this, the universe sets up these, puts these things in your way that lead you, but it's leading you to flow or a flow of consciousness that isn't you necessarily, right? So when we ponder death, we can nix the thinker right away. That's You're not going to get anything useful. You're going to get a bunch of quotes, right? However much you've studied or learned or whatever, you're going to get a bunch of, you know, day calendar quotes from Confucius or something um, that come to mind that are like, oh, that sounds good. And if you don't do that, you may just like, I don't know, go, go to the bookshelf and then a book falls out and opens to a page that has death in it. And then you're like, Oh wow, that's weird. Did a ghost do that? Did, but whatever it is that did that, it's not you. Right. Uh, so there are certain things for which the logical rational mind is, uh, fairly useless. And this is one of them. And the only way that you can get to anything, uh, you know, real about it really is when you try to think about it and something stumbles you synchronistically into other information, um, which may or may not ultimately be a rabbit hole into garbage, but who knows, you know, I'm just saying the thinking mind kind of useless with the exception of pondering nothingness. Ah, prior to death, prior to life, if you get to nothingness and you just think about nothingness and how nothing, I mean, it just is true. If you have ever gotten to this on your own, which you probably haven't because I haven't heard too many people saying this, but that nothing is a concept. It is a concept that necessarily exists prior to the brain. Concepts only exist in intelligence. Therefore, nothingness is intelligence that exists prior to the brain. And then you go into, well, what's nothingness doing as this intelligence? Well, this intelligence is being. What is it being? All things, including the brain. So it's actually prior to and inclusive of the brain. So we all live in this fishbowl bowl of consciousness. We're consciousness being expressed in a fishbowl of consciousness. Yay, us. I mean, it's all self-evident when you work it out and logically consistent and blah. But still no great epiphany that changes you from the inside out. That's an outside in discovery through pondering nothingness. I don't know that you necessarily get there through pondering death per se, but you can then go into understanding death from that point. So what about dreams? Well, I don't remember exactly at this point what the dream was I had. It was a few weeks ago. Uh, but I did write down what 
the gist of it was, which was more important than the visuals or whatever. And so here's what my dream told me about death. We carry each other in our DNA and end up expressing the talents and temperaments of our ancestors in our own ways. In this sense, DNA acts as a type of reincarnation. Let me read that again. This was basically told to me and shown to me. We carry each other in our DNA and end up expressing the talents and temperaments of our ancestors in our own ways. In this sense, DNA acts as a type of reincarnation. So that's very material, right? And that seems sort of consistent. That seems to have its own set of answers about reincarnation, obviously, and death. Um, but let's put this together now with the immediate response I got from Kundalini. It was like I, I asked, what is death? And Kundalini energy gave me a one-word answer. And when I say Kundalini energy, um, I'm saying this is what came to mind immediately in that state. So it's not like another voice in my head. It's not like a voice in the air. It's my own thought. Uh, but this is where truth comes through Jeremy and out as wisdom. And that one word answer, what is death? The one word answer is renewal. And that is not something that I would have expected. That wasn't something that I would have thought of on my own. Um, and I think I asked the Kundalini this before I had the dream. Like, it might have been the same week or within two weeks, but I, I think I asked the Kundalini first. But either way, it certainly, when you think of that, I mean, death as renewal, it's kind of there in the dream, too. We carry each other in our DNA and end up expressing the talents and temperaments of our ancestors in our own ways. So we renew our ancestors, their talents and temperaments. In this sense, DNA acts as a type of reincarnation. Reincarnation is a type of renewal. And what was, what was the, uh, the episode, um, The Miracle of Life and the New? I mean, that was about renewal. Right? Like, it's all around us. Fractally, this sense of death as renewal is speaking to us. And this is the part I need to hear. This is more therapy for me than you folks. You're welcome. Uh, bonus episode for me only. But that you can't have a direct answer of physically dying, obviously, and then <laughs> until you physically die. You can't know. You can't know. Um, but this isn't an answer for knowledge. Uh, this isn't an answer for the thinker. The thinker is an illusion, but we can see it all around us in the sense of renewal. That day becomes night, night becomes day. The day is renewed and rejuvenated. Um, the cells in your body, the molecules in those cells, the atoms in the molecules... All of you, the organs, therefore, are renewing. Even after you die, right? Your hair still grows and your fingernails, right? Big gnarly toenails right there in the coffin. Ah, wonderful. Uh, so renewal is the feature of death. It is what death is. 
And so physically, I mean, obviously bodies have to get out of the way to make room for more bodies or we're just going to clutter up with too many bodies and suffocate ourselves. So renewal has to be the feature. Has, death has to be the case. Death and life are not just intertwined, they're flavors of the same taste. But that is what what life is also, right? I mean, these are the same. Death and life are the same. But that doesn't mean that the form goes on forever in the same way. Like people who have near-death experiences and they see themselves as themselves and they have a chit-chat with some being or something. Uh, we don't know how real that is. I mean, first, we can't know whether that's really happening. I suspect it is. I suspect it's not just in the brain and that that is something that, that we may experience when we croak. Uh, but I also suspect that that's a transition and that that's for partial people, which is most of us, who haven't achieved quote-unquote wholeness as a human, uh, that they go on. And maybe reincarnation, <laughs> you know, if you want to add that to it. Although my dream definition is a lot more, I think, interesting. But, uh, but it may just be that those who go on as themselves are the ones who never understood fear, never understood fear of death, fear of annihilation, who are in fact preserving themselves in, in some form that goes on in ignorance that they're not supposed to end there, that that's not their whole story. There's no renewal. If you're going on as your same old self, there's no renewal. If you stick yourself in a virtual reality computer matrix or a robot, merge with AI, there's no renewal there. There's no renewal in humanity looking at what we perceive to be physical evolution or material evolution and going, eh, we'll take it from here. That's hubris, not renewal. So I've talked about Kundalini as death energy. And certainly it is that, and it renews me. But what is the me standing in the way, or as the, the, the word I'm looking for, gauge, the, the switch, um, the guy who turns it on and off and allows it to do its thing, that guy has to go just as you have to go. I'm holding death at bay in that sense. And there's nothing fearful there for me. I mean, I don't fear Kundalini. It's staving off the inevitable. And that is all we do with death, right? <laughs> that was the first thing I read to you. <laughs> so even when I'm talking about Death as the underbelly of the universe. You know, archetypes, um, gods and goddesses, hells and heavens, all that fun stuff, whatever that is. Whatever these things are that rear their heads in our world and just long enough to make us wonder about them and then go away to keep mystery alive, keep us chugging along in our ignorance until we finally break free. Um... 
aren't those also thought constructs, formless awarenesses, but engaging with them, living in their world, merging with them. These can provide experiences, novel experiences for us, but they're still of time. They're still of the universe, and the universe is thought. And when the universe, per se, when impersonal consciousness speaks through dreams and says, this is what death is, and then gives you a material process, that may be true. That may all be factually true. But that's true for the universe, you know, the bit about DNA and uh, expressing the ancestors in these traits. That is material, quote unquote material which the universe is quote-unquote material, so obviously you're going to get a materialist answer from the materialist universe. It's clever, and it may be accurate. But what happens when we die to that? To the nothingness prior to and inclusive of the universe? As I said, I've experienced the death of self. I've been nothingness. In how many ways? Two? <laughs> Not including the move to heart from brain? And each time I have renewed. But now I feel as though I'm wilting. So maybe as we close off this season, let's make a pact, you and I. You sit silently, getting past your expectations and feeling silly or feeling like you deserve something, or whatever it is you feel sitting silently, feeling like you're wasting time, feeling bored, just sit in silence until you are silence. That's the only way for you to experience renewal in this way, is to be silence, and then come back to the noise with a different song, with a big orchestral sound, not garage band sound. I guess that's the difference. You're Mozart, not Nirvana. <laughs> uh, and I'll do the same, right? This is the pact. You do it in your, what you need to do, which I have outlined on the website and here. Do it. Don't ask how to do it. Just do it. Unpack yourself if you can't do it. If you can't sit silently, ask yourself why you're not being silenced right now. And listen for the answer. And when the answer comes to you in your own voice, oh, because I'm bored, because I have attention deficit disorder, because my parents fed me too much sugar and crap when I was a kid, because that's how they were taught good parenting from the system, because they listened to the system, because that's what their parents raised them to do, to respect authority, because... They fell for the American dream, and that's, you know, on and on and on. Keep deconstructing it till you can deconstruct it no more. What's the it? You. And once you've deconstructed you so thoroughly that you've brought in your family or your friends or your enemies or anyone who's had a big impactful influence on whichever aspect of you you're deconstructing, when you've brought them all in and you've deconstructed them to the best of your ability, you're left with 
an amazing life-altering epiphany, a revelation that isn't intellectual. It is you. You become that. And then, perhaps then, will you be healthy enough, quieted inside enough, your neuroses are gone, to understand that you're nevertheless still there. And in that revelation, for silence to perhaps be the case, deconstruct you to silence. And I will do the same as soon as I figure out how. <laughs> there is no how. There is no how. Forget the how. All right. That's it for now. Until next season, folks, um, check out OurUndoing.com. Um, I will be updating with more content there, including um, maybe some stuff, video stuff involving urgency and aliens, the first and final disclosure. There's a chapter in there that I know exactly what I want to do with it that addresses actually everything we've been talking about here but also uh, specifically those two books. And so it's a chapter found in the Aliens book um, that references urgency. And other things. I don't want to spoil anything, um, but I may end up doing a video on that or I may end up incorporating it into next season's Our Undoing Radio. I'm not sure yet, but uh, either way, Check out the website for more fun, unique, free content. There. I got all my robotic turns of phrase out of the way. More and more, we just don't you find yourself speaking like the terms and conditions page of a website. Uh, all right, I'm out. Maybe literally, who knows? Hopefully, at least fundamentally. Love and aloha.